Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Very sad and serious uh, news in the world of basketball this week. It's obviously not something this podcast normally focuses on, but I thought it would be um, weird not to briefly touch on the passing of Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest players of all time. He died in a helicopter crash near Los Angeles with his uh, daughter Gianna, Gianna sorry, also on the helicopter um, and a whole bunch of um, family and other teammates are going to a basketball tournament. A, a tournament. Those people were um, Gianna's basketball teammate, Alyssa Altabelli, Alyssa's mother, Kerry, her father, John, the basketball assistant coach of the team, Christina Mouser, another teammate, Peyton Chester, Peyton's mother, Sarah, and helicopter pilot, Ara Zabayan. Um, this has been a horrible, horrible tragedy. And um, obviously there's been tons of tributes I don't think this is the podcast or the place for it um, to one of the greatest Basel players ever to play um, and beloved I don't think I was aware of how important Kobe was to so many people I should have known um, weeks before when I saw they're still selling Kobe Bryant jerseys not retros just like current Laker jerseys um, in a uh, footlocker in New Zealand which just blew my mind that he was still selling jerseys well after his retirement and not as like a weird throwback thing uh, he'll go down as one of the um, ten, top ten greatest basketball players of all time. Um, yeah, unbelievable talent on the court, and I have a lot of great memories um, watching him um, off the court. He obviously was a uh, uh, a father and a husband and a um, uh, a philanthropist and a basketball coach and a businessman. He was a wonderful person. It's just amazing to see how many people he touched and how many people absolutely loved the guy. It was amazing to see. And um, the tributes have been over fit for a royalty, really, which is what he was. He was basketball royalty. Um, it's my personal opinion, um, and I think it's also uh, important to bring up that there, in my opinion, has not been enough attention on the off-court trauma that comes to mind when discussing Kobe Bryant, most notably his 2003 rape trial, which had a massive impact on sexual assault and rape trials in America. They changed the rape shield laws um, in Colorado after Cobe's legal team aggressively pursued the alleged victim and, in my opinion, gave her no other option but to do what she eventually did, which was drop the charges and settle out of court. Um, Kobe, as part of the agreement, I think, released a public apology um, uh, after the criminal trial was dropped. He said, although I truly believe this encounter between us was consensual, I recognize now that she did not and does not view this incident in the same way that I did. I now understand how she feels that she did not consent to this encounter. Around the NBA, the um, tributes to um, Kobe as an athlete have been unbelievable. Um, uh, a lot of teams have been 
running eight second or 24 second violations to pay tribute. Um, on a lighter note, my favourite tribute was the Charlotte Hornets, the team that drafted him, who not only ran down the clock for a 20 second shot clock violation, a guy put it, pointed out on Reddit um, that they also um, made eight threes in the game while missing 24 threes. Um, good on you, Charlotte. And uh, uh, rest in peace, um, all the victims of that horrible tragedy. Today's podcast will focus on the lighter side of basketball as we normally do. Um, JT is my special guest. Um, Paul is, I don't know where Paul is. He literally, he said he was coming and then he just stopped texting me. He he ghosted me, my own brother. He's back in New Zealand. Um, If you see him, uh, tell him I'm looking for him and I need him to do a podcast. Straight in with the basketball talk. Do you give a shit about the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. I, I've only into football after going to America and that one Saints game. Now I'm a total who dat, as they call it. I've been to a Saints game. I've been to. I went to the, watch the Minnesota Vikings. I just live or on TV. I find there are too many stoppages. Do you not get annoyed by that? No, the, I thought live on TV. I don't like it. Live was awesome. I loved it. The crowd gets really into it. And they're all dressed up and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you not find the um the and NBA games are a bit like this too now. Do you not find the current, the constant military tributes a bit weird? Oh, it's propaganda. So the the yeah. Houston Rockets was so strange. Yeah. They're having the soaring eagles and the overlay of like soldiers marching into battle with Westbrook doing a, like, doing a dunk. Yeah. It's propaganda. It's crazy, yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy there's, there's not been more Colin Kaepernick's because it is like quite, quite like surreal propaganda. It's, 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 it's a fascinating one because... Um, just even something as subtle as playing the anthem before every game, you're like, that's so weird. It's propaganda. And I heard <laughs> we've got <laughs> you've said it's propaganda four times. <laughs> right, sorry. It is it, counting it, but, words. But like I, I I heard allegedly, I have not researched this, that like the first time it was originally the military that paid for every NFL game to have the um anthem played but then it created like it's been mimicked by every other sport in America because it's a great way to create a sense of occasion you almost think every sport should have if you have a big patriotic song before the game it makes you feel big but um, regardless of whether or not that is true about the anthem if you go to an American sports event especially a football one but basketball one to a lesser extent the amount of military stuff is unbelievable often the halftime show will be a salute to the troops and don't get me wrong the, the troops need some respect but they kind of a constant uh, glorification of war makes, if for someone who's not used to that, feels uncomfortable. Yeah, and in a huge twist of irony, mm. I didn't mean to say propaganda. Well, I you meant said to it say indoctrination. indoctrination. Indoctrination, yeah. Indoctrination. But there's a lot of things during the game that are paid for by it. One thing that I felt weird was when I went to a. Um, so, you, so, the, so hang on. So the army's clipping the ticket. So they're, pa- they're paying for a lot right. of it. Yeah. So I, I had a funny thing when I went to a, um, a Dallas Cowboys game, worth going to, amazing, just for the tailgating alone, unbelievable. But um, uh, that was a weird thing. It was a combination of hip-hop culture in Dallas and country music. So they have these mm. weird southern rap songs which combine the both. And there's a whole bunch of people there who would look like rap fans line dancing to kind of hip-hop songs. Amen. It's amazing. All with a drink in their hand. Like, honestly, the tailgating was better than the actual game. And um, But... The first 10,000 people get in the gate, I just wanted to see the stadium, part of it. The first 10,000 people in the gate got a free scarf. We're in Dallas, it's hot all year round. The scarf was a silky Ford scarf, and it had Ford logos on it and advertised a new truck they were selling. So a scarf, like a winter scarf, but it's silky. I'm just trying to explain how weird this is. 
um, also the Cowboys logo on it, and it was um, camo. Yeah, like perfect. military camo. And when I got there, I sat down at my seat, and the next to next to us sat um, this uh, woman who had sold us the seats on StubHub or wherever I got it from, and she. Um, she wanted the scarf. She liked it. I was like, of course you can have this, the worst piece of merch I've ever seen in my life. And um, I, go, I was just trying to relate to her by going, or try and talk about how weird this was by going, it's quite weird. It's military. And she's like, oh, it's military. It supports the military. Nowhere on the scarf did it mention supporting the military. It was just Ford and the Dallas Cowboys connecting to the military all in this like service. The whole thing. And so it was implied because it's camouflage. Yeah. Impl- that's implicit support. Yeah. And it's just such a weird... It just, you've got to go to a game to understand. And maybe I sound like an asshole targeting the anthem or something like that. It's weird when all the games are an American team versus an American team to play the American anthem. Like, it should be safe for finals, internationals, and stuff like that. It's just, as a New Zealander, where we don't have a lot of patriotism, some would say we should have more, but we don't, like, we don't sing the anthem before <sighs> domestic rugby games. It's very unusual to see. Yeah, but I mean, you might bring it in for rugby just so someone said something. So it was yeah. just silent for 80 minutes. <laughs> Get some atmosphere. Oh, it sucks. So I'd, I'd, I'm on zero patriotism, but that's just my view. I don't, I could care less. And in their defense, they are at war and you need to be very patriotic when you are at war. But I don't think they should be at those wars in the first place. We're opening a whole can of worms so we don't have time to get into. My next thing I wanted to ask you just off the top is, do you give a shit about the All-Star game? Because obviously it's been overshadowed for obvious reasons. But even Zion... Um, starting really overshadowed the All-Stars being announced and um, I just think everyone's at a sense now where just like who really cares about this everyone kind of hates it now I feel hates the All-Stars hates the All-Star game doesn't really care like I, I don't feel like oh Trey Young got his starting five the fans want him there that's fine he's, he's, he's an exciting player to oh, watch this is all game. I'm not aware of any of this controversy I'm still like Loving the All-Star game. Stoked on all the players. I don't know any of the people who have Do you had think Trey Young and Kimba should have started over, say, um, yes. Jimmy Butler? Shit, yeah. Ice Trey has been... He's like on an awful team. And Ice Trey? Yeah. He's, they're like 0-40, and, and he's just doing mixtape stuff just to make the All-Star game. Yeah. Like, all he's worried about is making the All-Star game. Give it to him. Yeah, okay. Well, I wish Paul was here right now. Um, it should just be him and that guy, the professor, that's all on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the professor's still going. Like he was big in my childhood. I broke many windows trying to imitate him and the N one mixtape guy's moves. Um, yeah, what's he a professor of? Handles. <laughs> no, seriously, what's... every player in the N one mixtape tour. He the, he's annoying me because he was one of the later ones. Like, I was about the OG, the N one mixtape volume one, two, three, where it was just literally grainy handicam footage of awesome dunks and sick moves. And there it was like Skip to My Lou, the air up there, half man, half amazing. And it was really kind of uh, uncensored and um, shambolic. And then what happened is, and that's what N1 brought to the table. They changed their logo. They must have got bought out or something like that. And they started this N1 mixtape tour supported by Mountain Dew where they wore like uniforms with nicknames on the back and it became a little bit mm. awkward. And that, I think, ruined it, to be honest, because it became less organic. And The Professor was one of the highlights of that awkward phase, I think. Right. So here's, an, here's a related question for you because yeah. I don't really have any of this context. Yeah. Who's the sort of annoying blonde kid that's always doing layups at the Bucks games? Oh, sorry, I have no idea who you're talking right, about. So, right, one of the owner's kids, I have no nah, idea. No, nah, no, he's, like he's um, on Instagram as well, I think, because they show clips of him, his Instagram. He does crazy layups, but he's like five foot six. And has he got, has he got good, is it cool to watch? Mm, I mean, if you've watched a game where NBA players are dunking, seeing a <laughs> like, little kid do layups isn't great. I always thought it was so funny, um, the trampoline dunkers. It's like, there's men out there doing this without a trampoline. 
I mean, I guess they're not doing flips, but I don't know. Have you seen... Sorry, but one other thing, though, that's really cool. Have you seen Short Man's Basketball League on ESPN? No. It's, everyone's got to be under six foot, and it's a lower hoop, and you basically it's a real no-no that you shoot. It's all dunks. I don't what? know what it's called. It's incredible. Man, so it's, it's funny like, ESPN and stuff will just broadcast anything, eh? It's, it's honestly, it's, it's way better than normal basketball. I'm <laughs> not afraid to say that. Do you know what I like? The big three. Ooh, not a fan. Okay, okay. The big three is quite a cool idea. For all, it's a different style of basketball, obviously being three on three, half court. And um, a lot of those players that like, I remember from the good old days, and I know uh, I don't want to bring up Kobe in any situation. It will seem disrespectful or something like that, but like, um, uh, he would have been amazing. Imagine seeing Kobe playing in that. Imagine seeing Shaq. I don't know. Like, just just the, the nostalgia factor. I don't know. You're just looking play, at me just, very confused. Oh, no. I was just saying you could just have Kobe on a big one. Just... Just doing a one-on-one. Yeah. A one-on-one league, that's what I want. They're the talking about game. that, right? That is an option. I don't think it's happening. I think people just on social media just talk things around. It's not going to happen. A one-on-one competition would be great. Um, people talk against it. People are like, don't do this. It's um, The players won't do it because they'll be embarrassed. I was like, you will be embarrassed, someone commenting on the internet. But athletes at a high level want to compete. And I'd say, I guess they don't really try in the skills challenge, but I reckon they'd try. So Spencer Dinwiddie... Bloody tries, and the, he wants that skills comp every year. Yeah. Okay. Who, who do you reckon would win? Who are your top five threats for the one-on-one challenge? Um, well, just anyone who's physically dominant. So LeBron. So Giannis, I'm putting KD. I don't think anyone's KD. touching KD. Yeah, probably KD based on height and athleticism. But then you've also got to look at like. Um, I don't fast, reckon Giannis would be top five. Fast, tricky guys. You're probably not because he can't shoot. You got to remember how physically dominant Giannis is. Like, who is stopping him? Like KD probably. So you look at the yeah. obvious, the obvious choices. Mark is smart. In, in traditional one-on-one. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious choices are Kyrie and James Harden, like two of the best one-on-one breakdown players who also shoot step backs, right? Yeah, I think Harden would be out there. Yeah, about. and he'd be infuriating to watch because someone doing one-on-one where it's supposed to be flaring it just <laughs> with slow, methodical step backs would be infuriate. But I mean, that's what he's like in normal bustle anyway. But um, yeah, probably KD. Yeah, I think no one's touching KD. Oh, okay, maybe it's crazy to say Giannis, but. Um, yeah, he's got just huge legs and will just step around mother effers. Like, Poor George would have to be up there. Yeah. But I think defense is basically not a factor at all, right? Like, you just need, like, they're, not, they're all going to score on each other nine times. Have, um, have you seen the footage from the, La, the team USA wh- where KD was at? I don't know if that was two years ago. Have you seen the one on one footage? No. It's incredible. KD's just. Tearing people up. up, yeah. He's so tall and his shots unstoppable. I think defense would be a factor. I think KD, Giannis, Paul George would cause trouble for Harden, who has to shoot slightly more difficult shots. Whereas Harden on KD, he has to it barely affects KD's game at all, you know? Mm. I think it is a definitely a factor. Um, but I love one on one from back in the day playing playing at high school. Um, yeah, bring it up, bring it back. Have you seen the you know Brian Scalabrini, right? Yeah, him grilling um, chumps on a radio station. But have you seen the guy that was like a Division One college athlete as well? And he destroys him. Yeah. Absolutely destroys him. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said for playing basketball as your career. Yeah, for 10 years. And being a guy who works in a bar and also plays a couple times a week. You know, like, it's just like, yeah. Um, I actually, okay, this is going to sound embarrassing saying a story about myself, but... Um, I played basketball a lot when I was about 20, 21 and just became incredibly good like that and I'd get to Wellington Division A and because I was playing with the Wellington Saints which is the Wellington rep team when I'd get to men's A grade I could 
eat, I was never a scorer. I could score 25 points just because I played all the time. Was so much fitter, stronger than everyone else. Like, you don't realize what a big... There was a time during my uni break where I practiced, like, you know, four or five hours a day working on my game. It's like, it's amazing how that did show itself. And, like, NBA player, not only are they elite and they're one of the best players that's why they got there, but also um, just years of being a pro is, is huge. Yeah, right. But that's... I don't. I can't believe I just relayed myself to an NBA. But that's player, contrary. So that's contrary to my own experience. Between yeah. the ages, I got my dad to buy me. Okay, a hoop it was at bad age. enough me bringing up me myself. Now you're bringing up you. Oh, so between the ages of nine to thirteen, I played solo on my hoop on my garage with no one else. Yeah. To play with. Yeah. And I got so good, I could dunk it at well. A ten foot hoop. Yeah, nope. <laughs> and then I begged my parents to put me in a find me a basketball team to join. <laughs> and on the very first play, the ball came to me, and I couldn't catch it because. It was a full-size ball, and I'd been playing with, like, a size three. <laughs> and the hoop was 10 foot, where I'd been playing on, like, a six-foot oh, hoop. Oh, no! And I, all I can remember is getting the ball, dropping it out of bounds, then the second play, getting it again, and going up to shoot, and just getting, like, mercilessly destroyed. You need and, therapy for this, Yeah, man. I didn't play basketball probably for, like, five years after that. Oh, you don't go from playing by yourself. Look. On a tiny kitty's hoop. <laughs> but I didn't know. <laughs> your parents should have helped you there. I mean, your, uh, your parents are to blame for that one. Um. Yeah. Uh, congratulations on loving the All Star game. I can't believe you love. It. I wish Paul was here right now. So I love the Celebrity All Star game. Love it. Love it. Love okay, it. Okay. I got Paul. I got you into the show to help balance out the insanity of me and Paul. And now Paul's gone. I'm wishing Paul's back. Nah. Celebrity and the best player, Win Butler from Arcade Fire, who I met in another humorous story, but I won't tell. I he is the all time greatest Celebrity All Star player. Okay. Wait, wait. So what? What's your? So what's the relation to Win Butler? The episodes you're dropping in that you've got a Win Butler story, which you now have to share. So Win Butler is, as in my opinion, the greatest celebrity all-star participant. Y- yes, and what right does that have to do with, with anything we were talking about? Because what you're saying, right, what you were saying about all-star, and I say I love the whole weekend. Oh, you love the celebrity yeah, and game. I love the celebrity game. How many years have you been watching this for? Because mm. I loved it like five years ago. Yeah, probably five years and haven't kept watching it. <laughs> yeah. It's really gone downhill. Like Even the dunk contest, which is saying I've always loved. Unfortunately, just now, most of the dunks have been done. And there's these idiots on YouTube who aren't players, who are just... Did, they're actually awesome. But like dunk specialists who just make anything you see in the dunk contest obviously look bad because they, they spend their, all their time dunking. Right. So I don't watch that stuff. So have you seen that white guy who can do a scorpion dunk? No, but what's a scorpion dunk? A scorpion dunk? With his feet. Nah, that would be good. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if someone would try that and could do it with their feet. It almost seems more difficult. So I'm imagining someone flipping, like doing a forward flip. Yeah, and dunking it with their foot. That sounds more plausible than what a scorpion dunk is. It's where you dunk the ball by... Okay, imagine you've got your cradling the ball like Michael Jordan did in that famous cradle dunk. Like I used to do on my little... <laughs> yeah, where he rocks it back and then rocks it forward. But when you're rocking it back you bring it round and dunk over the back of your oh, head like no, that. Oh, hell no. And he does that, yeah, effortlessly. He's crazy. This white guy, I can't remember his name. He's called, like again, like the professor or the doctor of dunk. He's called like Dr. J, and people are like, that's already a nickname for a, a famous basketball player. He's like, nah, I'm Dr. J, baby. And there's all these weird um, TV shows like Mountain Dew Presents, The King of Dunk, of presented by Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny. You go down a YouTube rabbit hole one day. They actually are these guys who are just dunk... Flight Brothers or whatever they're called a whole YouTube channel they're actually freaks and it's just amazing that one of the best is white it's wow. weird that when we talk about streetball we singled out the one white guy and now we're talking about dunking we singled out the, the one white guy again but um, that is the awkward position of this podcast so a couple of years ago I um, I in a moment of madness yeah spent um, 
I'd had a few, and I spent a little bit of money. Let's say, let's say, let's call it a couple hundred dollars. We don't need to talk exact money on a learn to dunk and and twelve weeks package. Now that turned out to be a scam. But do you think? If I, no, yeah, okay, it's a scam. But yeah. do you think if it wasn't a scam, do you think I could learn? Yes. To dunk at yes. thirty. If you, if you saw, yes, if you went to a gym right now, oh, well, you're a bit different because you've got ankle problems. Take out the ankle problems. If you went to a gym right now and your legs were relatively healthy and you just did a hard weight training program, how tall are you? Mm, five foot ten, like, but. I reckon you. No yeah, vertical. I re- but you got to remember if you spent the next three years focusing on nothing but your vertical, I think it's not impossible. Uh, pretty unlikely. Right. But, like, you can train yourself, yeah. I just amazed again back to myself how much my jumping ability would improve or disapprove based on working out a gym program specifically for jumping and then not doing anything. Right, but I guess it was the age I'm worried about. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You just have to be very. You have to put all your effort into this. You have to be very safe with injuries, and yeah, I reckon it's possible. Okay, I'll start today. It's not worth it. Like you're doing the most terrible what two-handed finger dunks the world's ever seen. Oh. Probably no, no, no. Realistically, well, I bet you're about a, like like eight inches away right now. You got a long way to go. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, maybe I'm crazy for saying that. I wish Paul was here. Oh, Paul, Paul would always. Paul believes in you. Man, it's <laughs> funny how much I'm missing Paul. Paul, by the way, um, we organised this podcast weeks ago, and then Paul got back and was like, "Sorry, I got to be somewhere else," and just has stopped texting me back. So that's where Paul is, not texting me back. Um, I want to talk briefly about Zion. It's time for the week in review. Review. You love Zion. I am all on the Zion. So Zion is not my prototypical... Do you remember oh, him? Sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, minor technical difficulties. So every year I get extremely hyped on the top uh, draft, picks. draft picks. And I'll go and watch their like <laughs> college games. And as when I previously mentioned, but love of Markel Fultz. I was so burned by that. Then Luca won me. Then Luca's redeemed it. Yeah. So this year I was like, yeah, I'm a good scout. Believe in myself. Went and watched the Duke game. I love how when you say you're a good scout, you just find the top pick. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. And scout then, him. Yeah, but yeah, and always agree with that top pick. <laughs> but this year I was like, no, I watched the Duke games. I was like, all his um, points are coming off scrappy offensive rebounds that he'd never get over over when he's in the NBA. Guys are too big; it won't work. Can't shoot. Not that good a help defender. Now, look, that's probably true, but he is incredible and has the star factor. Well, he he just has that athleticism that you were trying to get with your plyometric scheme. <laughs> like, um, he just has athleticism like we've almost never seen before. It's unbelievable. Especially from a build. I mean, people talk about, I think it's his vertical jump, which I guess is the one, I guess they probably do a running jump to measure in the NBA, but it's the one you measure in the NBA, where it's like Aaron Gordon as well, where they just go straight up like a rocket. And he's got, so yeah, so he holds the Duke record for vertical. Uh, yes, the standing vertical, but he's got um, a real explosive Which is pretty amazing jump. when you think of the people who went through Duke. Jabari Parker, that's the only example of a big jump. Yeah, I was thinking like JJ Reddick. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brandon Ingram's Duke. Who's that, Kyrie worst, who's that worst guy in the world who, um, that white guy used to like kick people and stuff like uh, that? Um, who was the like... Uh, Plays for the Jazz now? Does he, is he Duke? Oh, you know, I was thinking a guy that's retired ages ago, Christian Latner. No, nah, no, nah, he was hated more for making the dream team. Right. But um, no, nah, there's a white guy now, kind of buzzed up. What a great, what a great he reputation to have. Them. He trips people and kicks people. Oh, um, it's not Grayson Allen. It's Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen, yeah. He's in the NBA, eh? Yeah. What a, what yeah, a there's some, that guy there's some like factory that's pumping out like uh, 
not quite Hollywood, but like movie style rich boy villains, and they all just get sent to Duke to finish it, <laughs> to kick people. <laughs> if you're either going to make it into um, you're either going to make it into that uh, like a teen series, like some sort of as a heartthrob, yeah. or you got to go to Duke just to kick people for four years. Oi, speaking of head cases, are you excited to see Dion Waiters back in the owl? Uh, I'm Welcome back, Dion. One of the so I have loved Dion Waiters from the very when LeBron went back to the Cavaliers. I saw a press conference in which the question was what it was like to have a big two, and I swear he said Kyrie is important as well. <laughs> and by this stage, he was a, I'm pretty sure like a second year player who was like nothing but just a chucker. Yeah, I love that backcourt. Nah, so much. they were great. So they um had a beef, a big beef with uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal, famously. And I think Kyrie thought they were a big two as well. I believe they both thought they, they were like... They both thought yeah. they were a big two. And they were like battling with John Wall and... And, uh, and I mean, to be fair, Kyrie was probably as good, if not better, than John Wall and Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal, though. But um, Waiters is... Uh, what a character. What a legend. What a start to the year. <laughs> <laughs> he was like suspended by his own team for like 20 games. Where It's so funny because you're like, oh, he's clocked to life because he's getting paid. No, nah, you don't get paid for that. Not when you're doing edibles on the plane. <laughs> Oh, what a legend. Shout out to Dion. I hope you, I hope he's getting the um help that he probably needs. That sounds too serious, but he doesn't he doesn't seem like a guy who's on top of the world looking down on creation. Um we're talking about Zion though. Um welcome to the NBA Zion. You um posed the question in the group chat, um, who's the worst defender right now? Zion versus Luca. I love watching Zion, but definitely Zion. Like he's not in basketball. He's not in basketball shape. And I felt bad I felt bad my comments on Zion's body and shape now that um you hear bloody Jeff Van Gundy rabbiting on about it and just calling him fat every two seconds. But I do, I hope they know what they're doing. Like I hope they know that having him play at that level, which is it's not a body type we've seen in the NBA before, is um, healthy. Yeah, so yeah, so I totally get it, right? Like common sense tells you you want to be as light as possible when you're jumping up and down. And there's never been an example similar to this in the NBA before besides maybe out of shape Shaq. Yeah, yeah or Charles Barkley when he was trying and not get drafted by Philly, right? Yeah, and even that wasn't like this. And um, he would have been Robert like, Track to Trailer. There's like very few examples. Yeah, right. But still, Sean Kemp when he was going through some oh, yeah. tough, tough times. <laughs> he could still Cavs. dunk it. Pro- yeah, but he was he Sean Kemp's six foot eight. There's a big difference. <laughs> True. Well, I can dunk based on my height alone and wingspan. At two forty, could you dunk though? At two, no, it's 130 kicks. Yeah, I can barely dunk now, mate. Yeah, right. And still, you're telling me I can do it. This isn't this isn't adding up. No, I'm like I could get better as well if I right. if I worked out properly and lost a bit of weight. So what we so, so going back to Zion for a second about his defense. Yeah, so one on the on the body shaming. Just as a side, Jeff Van Gundy, Mark, um, what's the what's the Jackson? Mark Jackson is not is like the worst commentator. Yeah, it's, it's like they're not even at the game. Yeah, they're just saying generic. It could be a video game. They're yeah. just saying generic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that has nothing to do with what's happening in the game. Yeah, it just yeah, I thought that was gross. And it's really interesting that someone who's making decisions at ESPN thinks like, oh, this is great, and is like sitting in the truck going, oh, I love listening to these two. But like, if they recorded what they're saying and put on as a podcast, it would be. Probably still better than the Advanced Analytics podcast, <laughs> but no, it's 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 easy for us to talk crap. But like, um, they're obviously just kind of bored with commentating year in year out so many games, and yeah, it it kind of shows that they maybe don't have the passion they once had. Think of some new catchphrases. That's it. I hate the catchphrases. The only one I they like. They were good. They were, okay, we, people hate them now, but like when Mark Jackson first came on the scene, I loved hand down, man da- down. Um, uh, reach. What's the reach you reach? I teach. Yeah, Mama, there goes that man. These were all great, but you've got to come up with some new ones, I reckon, because they're all played out now. What about um, 
Zubuta Zap Zap. <laughs> what about Slammer? <laughs> what about the Spurs one where the, when the, whenever Paddy Mills gets a three, they say, G'day, mate. <laughs> That's great. Shooter. <laughs> like, there's just so many great things you can yell out during a commentary, and it doesn't take much of a brainstorm sesh. Here's an idea. Yeah. Cut the commentators. You know how they have hot mic for players? Yeah. Hot mic one of the people in the crowd that's just saying stuff like that. Yes. Or like the Lakers fan behind me at the Mavericks that when someone would miss, he'd just go, missed shot. <laughs> I genuinely <laughs> believe that this is the future of broadcasting. We've talked about it briefly in the podcast before. But like when you go on the um, app for the NBA, they on a big game, they'll give you 50 feeds. They'll give you ESPN, ESPN Spanish. They'll give you home feed away teams feed, they'll give you Korean, Japanese, Chinese, like all these broadcasters are all down this long list of things. It's only a matter of time before they go hoop mics only, um, stadium mics only. And I think I think they're staying away from it, probably to do with the players and stuff like that. There's a lot of bad language that's happening out there. You know, if you've sat close to the game, you've probably heard even the coaches, even the clean cut coaches who you'd expect um, nice things from, you're going to hear... <laughs> Yell out some stuff from time to time. Do you expect nice things from Quinn Snyder? Just, uh, no, he looks terrifying. Yeah, he looks He's one of the scariest dudes I've ever seen in my life. Are you kidding? So do you reckon in this concept, what would be cool is everyone had to download the app when they went into the stadium so their mics were live. And you could just be like, uh, I want to listen to Section 20, yeah, like Rote and CDM. I don't think that... Um, I, I think the players' mics would be the biggest dream. And I, honestly, I would pay... I would pay... $500 a year on top of my already subscription pack- package if players' mics or at least courtside mics were available as a service. And you know how they're saying they're going to put VR, like so you can put a VR headset on and um, sit in like a courtside position? Surely then you're going to have to hear the sounds. Like, what are they going to do? Like, just mute the audio. Like, how are they going to do that? It's going to happen, I reckon. Just play Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson on loop talking about how fat Zion is. <laughs> <laughs> the players, the players, the players just have to sense if they're worried about their sponsorship deals or whatever. They just got to sense the shits themselves a little bit, I reckon. But there'll be a couple who are like that'll be their brand, just being an asshole. So, quick question: Just going back to Zion for a tick, I want a um, long-term take from you. Yeah, so I, I, you- I'm not prepared to give it. I've watched like two and a little bit games of his, but yeah. Oh, going. I'm I'm like sweeping like. I love how one game and people were like like doing in-deep dives on that first game he had where Man, he made like three, three if, in a row. If you want an example of how bad and how stupid the people on NBA Reddit are. <laughs> I love NBA Reddit. Those, those are my people, yeah? Right, okay. This well, podcast is basically NBA Reddit, the podcast. So, I mean, we're talking shit okay, about a lot of other people, which we cannot back don't up Don't dox anyway. me. Yeah what, yeah, what are you going to say? I what? take it off. I love NBA Reddit. No, no, no. It, no. Was, it was the swinging opinions during that. I was like... Oh, Watching yeah, yeah, yeah. First game. Zion's, Zion's trash. Sucks. Zion's a bust. Zion's awful. Zion's too fat. And then, all like, Zion's a gross player of a gross debut in history. Mate, mate, mate. Yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, it, it goes the other way. I totally agree with you. Don't read an NBA Reddit game thread. That's the first thing. Right. Now, you think that's bad. You've got to go onto a soccer Reddit game. That's right. It's called soccer Reddit, not football <laughs> Reddit. Because it's mainly American. A soccer Reddit football thread is just, like, goes to dark places, eh? Like, it's honestly, like, it should just be erased off the internet. It's, uh... People just, yeah, it gets real, it gets real dodgy stuff on there. Dodgy chat, it's not a good, I don't go on there frequently, it's just occasionally when you want to hate the world um, and want to see some death threats against players and stuff like that. Um, so scatter, scatter, yeah, so here's what I want your take though. Do you think, so Zion's true value will be if they can play him at centre, Yeah. right? And at the, and they tried it for like five minutes in the first game and he got destroyed. Yeah. And in the last, in the game against the Celtics, Marcus Smart was taking him off the dribble they were just going at him every play. Yeah. So I'm not saying he'll stay that bad. He's a rookie, yeah. yeah. But do you think he'll get to a level where he can be 
at a playoff game play defensive centre. Yeah, well, I don't know much about I don't know much about Zion, but I guess it's just the balls in his court, right? Like, does he want to get become a? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Defender to a capable level or not, and um, so far, from what I've seen of his career, like you, I, I would bet not because. Just looking at the level, and he's had injuries, so I'm being asked about looking at the level of shape he's coming into. Hey, maybe that's a shape. Maybe he plays a 20 year career at that shape, and I'm an asshole. But like, I'm like looking at what he's done so far. I assumed he'd come back from his injury ripped. I assumed they were taking precautions on his injury, and he'd be on the bike or whatever he can do. What sort of injury was he out with? Was he out with a leg injury? Knee. Knee, okay, so maybe he can't do that, and so maybe he's come back in worse shape than he can. So I'm just talking absolute shit here. But uh, I hope so. And to, to get to the level he's already got to, he must have an incredible motor. So let's hope he can translate that to defense. And hopefully Luca gets better as well. Luca's not getting better. <laughs> you don't reckon? I love, I, like, Luca's up there with my most loved players. Everything has attitude. Like, he looks like having so much fun. <laughs> but if you want to criticize people for being in bad shape, yeah. that, ki- that guy is 20, right? He's a professional athlete. <laughs> And he looks like he's like a, a like dad bod, nah. shocking state. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Old. You can say about Jokic, man, but not about Luca. Luca's okay. He's not. He's definitely not in the NBA shape, but he's. Yeah, I don't know. Who are we? The joke? I don't know. Actually, we look all right. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I got a little Luca upside. <laughs> Luca is good. He's relatable. I love Luca. Yeah, he's he's up there with my favorite players. He's relatable. Don't 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 change Luca and Zion. Just keep on um, giving us a show. The Adam Morrison quote was. I I learned that if you um, score more points than the guy you're guarding, that's good D. So, but isn't, isn't Adam Morrison also famous for being like one of the greatest college players ever? But couldn't physically stand in front of someone, so just would foul out. Yeah, but also um, couldn't score in the NBA as well. I like, had a lot of issues. It wasn't right, just, right, right. If, if you can score but not play defense, is a position for you. See Trey Young. And now he's some sort of weird libertarian, right? That oh, I did not know that about Adam Morrison. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think he's. Quite an interesting guy. Oh. Lives remotely on some some sort of like ranch, if like sort of semi preparing for one of those um, people that prepares for the sort of a, not apocalypse but the fall of the government. Yeah, has a lot of guns. Wow, it's got some interesting views. Wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna look into this. You sure this is you no know, standard standard libelous uh, warning applies here as yeah. well? But I'm pretty sure. I like it, man. I like it. Get it out there. I want to follow up Adam Morrison, one of my favourite players in college, and um, yeah, what a uh, what an interesting career he had. Um, Couple of big questions. I want to start a new segment called Big Questions. It's a shame Paul's not here to be part of this as well. Why do I keep on talking about Paul? Miss you, Paul. Uh, big questions. The first question I want to throw out there is: What do you think the most forgotten team in the NBA is at the moment? Like, who's the team that's? Oh no, let me rephrase it. Who's the least relevant team? Hmm. Okay. So not just going off record, but I'm just going to keep this to the teams that should be relevant. Yeah. Because the Hornets are like terrible, right? No one goes to the game. You were saying no one watches the TV ratings. It's they're awful. Yeah. But I think it's the Timberwolves. Yeah. Like, they... They're not relevant. They get relevant because they're like, there's a lot of stories about what a disaster they are. 
They've lost oh, nine well, in a row. So you including disaster yes. irrelevancy. So, yes. So like mediocre. So then it's Sacramento Kings, surely. And Traditionally, now it's been the Sacramento Kings. Again, I don't think they are because of the stories about what a disaster they are. But I think those stories are like, they've been a, their stories were like two months ago about them being a disaster. Now they're just accepted as not that good and that Vlade will get fired. And But they've also, the Sacramento Kings have relevancy as they have a couple of young players who are like worth like on league pass just clicking over to. Right. I feel like there's a lot of rules to this question that yeah. are introduced after my answers. Oh. <laughs> All I want to do is say my opinion, and that is the, the answer is the Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls okay. are a big market team, a legendary franchise, who no one talks about, good or bad. And maybe it's just because people, have, again, they were so bad for so many years that people have just, I guess, I guess people are commenting on the coach. But um, they're fascinating how little publicity they're getting. Like not even Zach Levine or Laurie Markkinen, who should be hyped players, they're just gone. They're, they're irrelevant. But Laurie's been awful this year, I guess. And I hate Levine. Levine's one of my most hated players. Oh, if it's stealing the dunk contest off Aaron Gordon, Paul Williams would agree. Aaron Gordon, was he won that. Yeah. Hey, and so that's, I thought about this the other day, though, because I flicked onto the Bulls yeah. just to see my, my beloved Benny the Bull. Um, and I was thinking, Jim Boylan, because I always like to relate the being an NBA player to my working in an office. Yeah. And Jim Boylan would be like having the world's shittiest job. At a really cool company, but with just a, a terrible, terrible boss. Yeah. Like, if you're going to have a shit job, have a cool boss. Yeah. 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 It's a yeah. It's a hilarious situation and a hilarious shambolic franchise. But um, just amazing how they managed to erase themselves from relevancy. And if there should be a relegation in the NBA, I've said many times before, and they would be one of the teams probably getting relegated. Imagine if they got relegated, but like the Windy City Bulls, their G League team got promoted. That could happen. That'd That's my cool. dream. That's my fantasy. A well-run team. So... Dolan's Knicks would get relegated and a new New York team would rise up. You'd just have like five Raptors teams though. You reckon? They're G Le- aren't they G League team? No, but like you, you got to remember like just money would win. So billionaires would just start a team in Seattle and play their way up. Supersonics, we're back baby. Yeah, a little bit. It's a great idea. Interesting. Oh, it's an amazing idea. Don't worry, I've got everything coming up. Well, I screwed you with that big question. It was a disaster. <laughs> well, you can screw me with this one because this is one you asked, which I had no question about. You asked, who's got the nicest looking jumper in the league? And I've just got to come out and say, I have, I've not, I don't really look at jumpers and don't think about it. There's quite a few players who I hate their technique. I don't like the way Harden shoots. I don't like the way um, Giannis shoots. I don't like the way Jokic shoots. There's a whole lot of players where I don't like watching the jumper, but I never really watch many people and think they're pretty. I like the way Kyrie attacks and plays so maybe Kyrie but I haven't thought about it at all so I guess my lens for like because I didn't unlike you after my storied basketball career between the age of 9, 13, nine and 13 where yeah. I couldn't miss could dunk you, you know the story Yeah, I didn't play again as to an adult Yeah, so I'm like one of the come from a lens of self-taught right so all I want is a beautiful jumper Yeah, and sit fine but I can't jump and shoot very well Yeah, so when I I just see I love a good jumper, and not just the release, but the lower body, the jump and everything, right? Yeah. So Tim Hardaway would actually be up there for me. Tim Hardaway Jr. or Tim Hardaway No, Sr. Jr. Current, current players only. <laughs> that was the, again, speaking of irrelevant things, the player, like, what, he's on the Dallas Mavericks? Yeah, but I'm just listing the nice jumpers. I mean, this doesn't help if you've got no... No one can remember what Tim Hardaway's jumper looks like. I've seen him play live and can't remember. Really? He, goes, he gets on an angle... Forward he, momentum, players, beautiful. Players of former... I don't like Clay Thompson's jumper, but it's good. I don't like the way he sets his feet. And I mean, I guess he squares him with the shoulders beautifully. But like, um, I guess it would be natural that the players, uh, the kids of pros, would have nice jump shots. Well, that's where I was getting at. Exactly where I... Cause if you, but Curry, then, Clay, 
Tim Hardaway. Who are the ones in the league? <laughs> Glenn <laughs> Rice Jr. from the New Zealand Breakers, now fired due to criminal convictions. <laughs> <laughs> Camelo's got one of the classically great jumpers. I hate his jump. Oh, there you go. Really? Oh, my God. Dame Lillard, what are your thoughts on I him? I hate how Camelo's big body... Big size, and then his jumper is like lift the ball above your head and like little wrist action. Yes, I love Hideous. it. I, I want to show it. you. I want to go outside right now and show you. There's a hoop down the road. I want to show you my jumper and see what you yeah, think. Yeah, let's. We'll have a jumper. I, session also, I want a video. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you. That'd be so <laughs> pathetic. Out of the hoop. Um, <laughs> work clothes. I also haven't seen my jumper before. Like I barely looked at it. And I was have like, you not taped yourself? Film some videos. Not really. So, is there in Auckland? There's that place. that's like a. Uh, shot clinic, eh? No, I've never heard of this. Yeah, as you can go, and they've got ball machines. What? And, and, nets, and they film you. What? And there's like video analysis. Let's do it. Let's so, do it. So me and Paul went to the NBA experience. We talked about it on a podcast. And um, they had um, these amazing like NBA like almost spec hoops, like really impressive hoops and backboards. I love a good hoop and backboard. And a button on the wall that you could raise or lower the hoop to your desired height, right? Pretty amazing, wow. right? And so... Um, and you'd film yourself dunking, and I, because I can dunk, brag again. <laughs> I started at ten foot, and like my ten foot dunks were like pathetic. And then even when I lowered it to nine foot, and then to eight foot, still just so humiliating watching myself attempt to dunk. Even though in my head, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm getting huge hang time, you know. It's like you don't realize how amazing those NBA athletes are. Well, they put, and they, when they hammer it at home, yeah, unbelievable. Um, and obviously, the hang time they get is just like. I couldn't get that off a trampoline. Well, for all the people at home that are dying for more content, yeah, let's go to the. I'll find this place. Yeah, I'm we'll keen. Book, we'll book it. So much fun. We'll get the analysis. Let the people decide who's got the nicest jumper. <laughs> Heck yeah! I haven't played basketball in six months, and I'm like, I want to train for this. It's awesome. Um, bloody excited. Um, I just want to mention um, before we before we tail this off, um, the Bucks are on track for 71 wins. Still don't believe in them. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're a regular season team. I, I'm a bit the same. I'm like, definitely could they make the finals? Absolutely. Are they the favourite in the East? Probably. But um, yeah, are they going to beat Lakers, or Clippers, or Rockets? Probably not. I'd love them to get the record, though, the regular season. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I doubt they'll go for it after what happened to the Rockets, even though normally the teams that get the record end up winning the championship. After what happened to the Warriors, you'd assume they'd do a bit of resting towards the playoffs. Do, you, do you think it's cute? How they do those perf- like the WWS style wrestling after wins, or I don't even know what they do. What do they do? Explain it. So after the wins, I've vaguely they seen sort this. of bat in the tunnels. They'll do like quite complex. The Lopez brothers and Giannis and a few others will do quite complex act out like scenes from WWF heyday. Like, do you know rock. this reminds me of? It reminds me of LeBron's teams when they were good but not contenders. Like they would come exactly. out there and they'd have so much fun. And I. So I respect that because I like it because I like to see him having fun and stuff like that. But um, it's normally not a sign of a serious contender this year. That's but, all I was getting. But the Lopez brothers are notorious fun lovers, right? Huge Disney heads. Did you know that? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, mate, we've, are you kidding? Paul has talked for hours about the Lopez brothers buying um, <laughs> a, 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 a suit from Epcot. They spent tens of thousands of dollars on a Disney suit that they like, like official suit from the, from the theme park. They found it was stolen. It's sad, but devastating news for the li- Get them to Orlando. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. Um, uh, a, a perspective from you, you put in the notes. Um, you've, you've written, you've got a big update from the old sleep mine, which it's <laughs> the word sleep, like sleeping, and then mine, like gold mine. Um, as the, it's the spreadsheet analytics device you made for um, judging fantasy basketball players. Yeah. And you've come up with a, some new um, interesting insight. <laughs> Oh, which I have I? Yeah. I might need to see said notes. 
You wrote, um, is DeMar DeRozan oh, good? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm a huge... DeMar DeRozan's one of my all-time favourites. Yeah. And I, so, and a lot of analytics suggest that he has never been a positive... Well, hasn't for years been a positive... Uh, a net positive for any team because he's, he's not good at stopping the man he's guarding, and he won't shoot from he won't shoot threes. Yeah, but I watch Spurs now. I believe in Sleep Mind, the tool that I created and birthed <laughs> and gave sentience. To. Sleep Mind is such a bad <laughs> name. No, because it mines data for sleepers. <laughs> oh, sleep Mind. We'll call it <laughs> Sleeper Mine or Sleep Mine. That's better. Right. Okay. Sleep Miner. No, sleep. The word sleep is no but good. It, it isn't a mine. Oh, it isn't a mine of sleepers. It mines <laughs> for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So sleep miner. It is a miner of sleepers. Sleeper miner. Yeah, you're going into uh, well, you're well, going well, into well. the pool of sleepers and you're mining out the gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I want to get away from the name sleeper miner. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> it could sound bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah could. So anyway, <laughs> right. So. Uh, yeah, so I put my I watched him. I watched Why do you call it like Nug Digger or something like that? <laughs> nug Digger, that's not. Good. <laughs> You're digging for nugs of gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gold digger. Gold. Now that has other meanings. Um, diamond in the rougher finder. Yeah. Okay, I'll come back to yeah, you. Yeah, let's let's circle back on that. But Demarda Raisin, I watched a fair amount of Spurs games, and I feel like he's good. And I don't care what this people say. This is shocking. Look, mate, you're gonna get five from the podcast for this. So you're coming in and saying, "Oh, you've watched some Spurs games, and Demarda Rosen's fine." No, I'm asking you. I he's want to, great. I want to, yeah, but why do people say he's not good? This is why. Because he's played in many finals for the Raptors and then last year for the... Many playoff games for the Raptors and last year for the Spurs where unfortunately, and I genuinely... As someone who had this myself, in my own... I can't believe it. I'm, I'm so sorry I'm losing my own basketball career. I genuinely got the yips. Like, genuine, I have it now. I can't shoot free throws, which is fine because if you, me and you have a free throw game right now, I'll probably destroy you. Like, shoot at least 75. Oh, actually, you focus on free throws. Yeah, I'm a free throw expert. Are you quite good at free throws? I'd say I'm um, 80, above 80% in oh, pressure. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. we have to have a free throw battle because I'm not that good. But I'm, like, acceptable as a forward, as a free throw shooter, right? When I played in games, I just could not make them. And um, genuinely, I just can only put it down to psychology. And in my time playing, and I learned this after I, when I was really wanted to be a basketball player, I didn't want to be an NBA player. Well, I obviously wanted to be that, but I didn't think I was going to make American college or anything like that. But I wanted to play as a bench player, a bench warmer in New Zealand. I um, genuinely, when I got put out in preseason games and stuff like that, I genuinely had major problems uh, catching the ball, moving my feet, uh, finishing layups, just basic things, making threes from the corner. Just because, and this is things all that I'd nail in practice, just because I had massive, massive confidence problems, and I think that's so true for so many players. Eric Bledsoe for the Bucks is a real red flag, and he's, I'm not criticizing these players for it, even though they come under a lot of criticism for it. It's just an unfortunate part of being a athlete is that the pressure is something we never talk about and uh, some players unfortunately can't we celebrate the ones the Damon Lillards of the world who seem to be able to rise to it and um, Eric Bledsoe's mentioned that he's had problems with it in the past Um, DeRozan seems to have a problem with playoff pressure and unfortunately is just not the same player Um, you might even be able to raise the same argument a little bit about Harden who still plays well in the playoff but not the same crazy that's probably more due to adjusting defences uh, and it could be for that for DeRozan as well. For whatever, sorry, I've got a huge rant here because I'm passionate about DeRozan. But I just think that's it. That just for so, not performing the playoffs is the problem. So yeah. So the reason I raise it though is I don't. So as much as I believe in analytics, sometimes analytics are wrong. Totally. The, the, I thought you. Know, I was waiting for more information. No, on I this. just mean like. So I don't care. Like I, I've never understood. So my whole my, the last few years of following basketball. Yeah. I haven't understood people that are like. Ugh. 
it's the eye test. I don't care what the numbers say. Yeah. But that is how I, I don't feel about like that about anything in basketball except for DeMar DeRozan. Well, so what are you saying? What, he's a good regular season? No, I'm saying that here. analytics are right for everyone except for DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> But what about in the playoffs when you watch him and you're like, I wish he would make a basket right now or catch the ball? So the playoffs is a separate issue. That is legitimately, he's got issues. Can I, say, can I say that I have tied two things before? DeMar DeRozan has awesomely been open about his mental health issues. I may be conflating that with his on-court performance because it could also be exactly what I just said. Um, I'm backing up my own point here. that um, It could be that when you plan for DeMar DeRozan, it's a lot easier to stop DeMar DeRozan because you know what he's trying to do. You're just gonna, he's just going to pump to like a... Like a He's going to back you down from eight, like 17 feet and then do some weird pump fakes and go up and under. Yeah, but also get in the lane and it's like let him... I mean, he can make tough shots, but it's like make him shoot the toughest shot as possible, which he can make, but also just don't foul. Yeah, don't foul on he's, he's, it's like It's easier said than done. It's like Harden as well. But it's like watching Lowry at the moment. It's so funny watching the Raptors. They're on an eight-game win streak and watching Lowry just drive in and just throw the ball in the direction of the hoop, draw a foul with his massive ass, and then it's free throw time, baby. And it's like, that's not going to stack up in the playoffs. But it's fun in the regular season. Um, yeah, shout to DeRozan. One of the greats. <laughs> um, do you have a bit more time? Can I just do a guy I've been thinking quickly? Yeah, of course. Um, this is uh, a segment that I do from time to time. I think it's good. I think I've got some good ideas. A good talk during the intro. Because Paul made this. It's so painful. What? Guy I've been thinking. Guy I've been thinking. Thinking. That's enough of that shit. Um, what were you going to ask? No, I, I was asking, is this the intro? That's the intro. Yeah, yeah. You could hear it. Yeah, but it's just the... What do you think it was? The intro to the intro was seeming quite long. It's so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, very, uh, it's my problem. It's ridiculous. There's an intro to the intro. Um, I've been thinking where I come up with uh, ideas that I've been thinking about. Uh, I've got, got a lot of good ones stored up, so I've got a lot of good ones to hit with. But um, here's my idea right now. It is... Um, Football teams release a new kit every year. It's weird the NBA teams don't do this. And my initial thought when I thought this out loud to myself was like, Guy, you're an idiot. Why would you break the sacred bond of the Celtics jersey or the Lakers jersey? These legendary kits have been the same for years. I actually looked through it, and I only think there's like five teams with like iconic kits that can't be changed. Lakers, Bulls, Celtics, Knicks, Blazers. There's a few others, which like maybe Spurs, obviously, you got to honor the Tim Duncan era and stuff like that. It's a pretty iconic kit. I don't love it, but it's like they love it and they don't change it much. Um, 76ers is almost right. You want that classic Dr. J look. Detroit is pretty iconic. They've effed with it a bit, but like keep Detroit roughly that style. Everyone else is, most of them I'd say trash or a lot of them debatably good. And I think... People just buying the third kits anyway, or the new city edition, or whatever they call them anyway. Why not just have the teams design a new kit every year different? Why but, not? Yeah, but isn't the answer because they're already having like they've already got like four versions you could buy in the shop? Well, so that's why just, bother? That's Nike's way around. I don't know why they have continuity. Does American football don't really change their tops, do they? No, no, you're right. And I guess like American sport, even though this is hilarious because the sports have only been going for like forty years, and people can only remember the last thirty. Um, but um, they uh, pretend tradition is such a big thing. It's a bit of that propaganda. Isn't that why they are? Isn't that why? Um, they were so weird about putting advertisement on their jerseys. Yeah, because there's some like they're weirdly. Yeah, they they've never had they've never had that before. Totally. But um, you look at football teams, which embarrassingly have too many advertisements on their jerseys already, and you know it kind of ruins the culture a little bit. But football, which is all about tradition and culture and heritage and stuff like that, 
they change the jersey every year. Three kits, three different kits every year. Don't know, the colours are basically the same, especially first and uh, home and away kits. Um, but like, why not? Like, who gives a shit about um, the Atlanta Magic kit or the Toronto Raptors kit? But but so hang on a second. But those both those examples have changed a lot. They have. I know that's what I'm saying. The Dallas. Um, who can remember what the Denver Nuggets uniforms look like? It's hard because they've literally since Carmelo left changed the uniform like four or five times, very subtly each time. So you're saying why don't they do yearly? Kits. Releases because yeah. you sell more, sell more, sell kit. a lot more. Go, yeah. But also, there's so many bad kits out there. Terrible that um, you may as well like Utah Jazz. Like everyone loves that new fade alternate. Imagine if they're doing shit like that every year. And don't get me wrong, a lot of them will be bad. But most of the NBA teams have bad kits at the moment anyway. Like, who's by the Timberwolves? There's so many teams. With, don't get me wrong. I'm not the NBA teams. They're not shocking. The Raptors kit is not horrible. If you own a jersey, it's fine. It's just not memorable in any way or special. No, I agree with that. And I and. And it always thinks like I always think, why aren't they doing more crazy rebrands all the time? As yeah. well, why not? Because yeah. no, they're not actually; they're just private companies, right? Yeah. Speaking of heritage, like the Raptors last year, like they just abandoned their uniforms in the playoffs anyway and wore their alternate city or earned journey jerseys, those red ones with the diamond, which didn't even say Raptors or Toronto on them; said North. They wore those, I think, lifting the trophy and in most of the games they played. Yeah, so there's no, absolutely no rules. Yeah. Did you? I'm pretty sure. So I, I don't get me wrong. I think the Celtics, Lakers, those five teams should probably keep them the same. Um, yeah, Blazers. So I was under the impression that the Mavs were going to do some crazy rebrand after Dirk had retired because well, Mike they, Cuban hates it. Yeah. Well, A, the Mavs are one of the uniforms that I'm like, they hold up. They've been around for like 20 years. I hate them. I think they're the... I just think they look this, a bit early two thousands. I think they're so gross. Yeah. Oh, well, I I think they're fine. Are we talking about the graffiti uniforms they've released? No, I like the, the graffiti one. Do I you? bought a Luka Doncic graffiti? No, yep. no. I know. I don't care. I love no. it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the kitty graffiti. What? Yeah, and I kept my I kept my necklace from the game with the light up Mavs slogan. Where are you going to wear this? Where are you going to wear this? Wear it all the time. Wear it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm yet to wear it a second time. Kids are going to bully you. Like, have you ever? I used to have a um, a Honda Civic car. It was fine, and I drove into a petrol station once, and as a as a 25, 28 year old man, I can't remember how old it was, and some kids bullied me about my car, and it felt so bad. It was like being back at high school. You're going to get that when you um, when you wear this jersey around. Well, I look forward to that. I look just look forward to it. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I've already talked you out of your car. It's probably an expensive purchase as well, right? Uh, yeah, they weren't cheap. I also think the quality of the swingman jerseys needs to increase. Terrible. I just don't agree with screen, screen printing. Like the way they've, um, you mean they've, they've like ironed on the logos and stuff. Exactly. There's a real issue because the uh, knockoff jerseys you can acquire are of such, so, such good quality that it really puts um, the swingmans to shame. I've had, uh, before you say it, just to bounce that out a little bit, I've had a bit of dodgy experience with the... Um, uh, the uh, DH gate ones I've bought, but maybe it's because I need to get weird, like the sizings, especially for football jerseys, aren't good for me on DH gate, so it's quite hard for me to get them. But like, just the NBA logo will be bung, or like the collar's weird, or the I tried to buy those Raptors North ones because I couldn't buy them legitimately, and um, the lettering wasn't quite lined up properly. You know, like there's just like quite obvious defects that mean mean I couldn't get them. The classic ones, my Rasheed Wallace Trailblazers one, mint, like almost undistinguishable except for like the the Nike logo down the left hand corner but besides that like flawless mm. but the qual- I think quality is a bit mixed but you're right like they're, they're not seeing the bar high if they're trying to worry about fakes who has got the best jersey in the NBA do you think now well Lakers 
it's still classic. Really? I'd go the Heat, the heat Gold third. Gold and purple. That Miami Vice. I always heat. want to buy a Vice one. I didn't find the black one black enough if you saw like the actual swimmings nah. they were selling. Because, um, yeah, I love that colorway, but definitely not like... Best jersey is definitely Celtics, Lakers, Bulls, like the classics. I just don't agree with that, but I, I like the old... I like the Shaq... Orlando Magic one, if we're talking retros, yeah. or the current current would be, yeah, it'd have to be the Heat or the Jazz. No, Lakers yellow and purple is the best. That's undisputed. I've always hated it. I don't know why, but they went really early for the um yeah, the, the, the plunge the, neck, uh, which I hated. They called it like a, a Asian collar or something like that. Ooh. Is that racial? I don't know. It's like influenced <laughs> by like a kimono. I don't know. No, I'm sorry. That's just no. It's not. There's nothing wrong with it's, that. A lot of teams have that still. Um, yeah, I, I'd go back to the round. I prefer the round color. Gotta be I round. The I hate either. the V-neck. So I've probably got... The other thing with basketball jerseys, I've probably got like six proper quality ones of my of favorite players, like a KD, Supersonics, whatever, yeah. then a whole lot of cheaper ones. Yeah. But I don't wear singlets very often. No, nah, I'd go in my way to wear them in the summer because of that. Yeah. Right. Um, this will annoy you. I went, I went, I went, <laughs> to, I went to watch a um, uh, Real Madrid game, watch Doncic, Doncic play, and uh, I was calling Donick at the time. <laughs> so I was calling him. I, on the podcast, I called him Donick. I watched Luca Donick play and went to a Real Madrid game and um, afterwards went to a Real Madrid store and bought a jersey and I had the option of going Donick or oh, Rudy Fernandez. I don't want to hear this. And I bought Rudy Fernandez because I thought Donick was a fad and I called him a bus last year <laughs> and I have, I have been proven wrong. So you I, caught him a bus last year after the it season was one. It was part of our, cra- uh, our very um, controversial crazy predictions pod where before watching him a few a few decent preseason games, I was like, this guy's going to struggle keeping up with the pace. At least, I didn't say it was going to be a bust overall, but I thought his first year, rookie year, is going to struggle. That's what I, that was my crazy prediction. It was a crazy prediction, and it was when, correctly wrong. When is the next round of crazy predictions? Because well, that's all I've we got. We should do more. I yeah, we love do, I know, crazy predictions. That's why this podcast is great. That's why I got Paul. The reason was is because Paul, Paul makes serious predictions. That's just him trying his best, but they're crazy. <laughs> Do you, you heard him last podcast. Who did he say was going to win? <laughs> the Raptors. Um, the Raptors. <laughs> they're my team, and I, I'm, I'm not banking on them. Maybe I'm a bad fan. I don't know. So my wife is a diehard Raptors fan. Hasn't yeah. missed a game Legend. for four years. Well, okay. so, I, so I went, I went home. I went home. Look at your wife on the podcast. She, oh, you, no, because it's going to be nothing but water wall demand. You'll just get like, you know the stories that the home commentators... Wow. You know the stories that the home commentators talk about, like Pascal Siakam didn't pick up a basketball till he's fourteen. Right? Yeah, they just say them every time. You can't if she's in here. You'll just be getting those wall to wall. Okay, you're nigging her right here. <laughs> no, I'm not. If she it. listens to this. I bet she's got great insight. I've been looking for a woman to have on the podcast, and your partner seems. Per- are you married? Married. Yeah. Congratulations, your Thank wife you. <laughs> seems like the perfect person. Well, let's get her on here. But I. We've also never met as well. I'd love to meet her. So I came home from the podcast last week and said, look, I've done this podcast, yeah. but you need to know I bagged the Raptors out. Yeah. And even she, a one-eyed, diehard Raptors head, was like, there's no way they're getting out of the playoffs. Yeah. So I do, I think, so you, what you're saying is Paul's base, base prediction is crazy to begin with. So I'm aware that my takes are bad, and I play them up for the podcast, and like I say what I think, I, I shoot from the heart. <laughs> Paul is not aware of it. Are you aware of what you're doing? Or are you like a bit so, of both? So let's put it this way. I like think in sort of a self-effacing way that I'm a real, um, uh, that I could be an analyst because I can really see stuff. <laughs> and I say it as a joke, but deep down I believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I think I'm the only person. I don't think that. After doing this podcast for two years, I don't, you realize how many bad things I say. Yeah, right. On. So I want to I put some of my takes on record so that then we can review them and I can have irrefutable, like 
all of the great players I've predicted their careers out of nowhere. Mark Alfons. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I predicted that. Mind uh, me alone. Kevin Durant. Yeah, I was a lone voice. <laughs> um, did you? Pre- I can't even remember who the most recent number one picks have been. Ben Simmons was he number one? I hate Ben Simmons. So that's why I'm saying Ben Simmons is back. Ben Simmons is good. He's showing flashes. Well, people hate him at the start of the year, but it's like common sense, right? Like it's that it's it's just so obvious that you can't construct a team that suits both Embiid and Simmons at the same time. Have you seen the process has failed? Definitely not. I'm- Where's Hinky? Hinky doesn't. Do you think he's being blackballed? Why hasn't he got another job? It's really weird that all these teams that are just burdened with mediocrity. Imagine what he could do with the um, Timberwolves right now, where if his plan was just to trade everybody, imagine the assets he could get back. Because they've got talent. Oh, build around Shabazz Napier. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like okay, I, I went overboard with... Imagine if he traded Towns. He could get like an ad style haul back for Towns. I mean, maybe that's what they're planning anyway. But I, and maybe that's blasphemy. I mean, he's the one bright thing about their team. But like, I reckon he could, he could get a coach in that could make Wiggins look good, offload Wiggins to like some dumb F team. Like as I was saying in previous podcasts, I reckon he's a guy who targets idiot GMs. Agreed. And he would just call up Vladi Divac and go, let me get three of your like distressed assets for Andrew Wiggins. And, um, Send Buddy Heald over and picks. Yeah. So here's an here's a, um, interesting question, prediction for you. Yeah, throw I, it out there. So, crazy prediction no, or I'm, normal prediction? I'm asking you for a crazy... <laughs> yeah, I'm going crazy. Yeah. Well, this one might be a hard one to go crazy on. Yeah. But So I've got a little bit of a conspiracy theory Yeah. that the NBA has, has got a massive vested interest in I, both, but but definitely one of, Cat or Giannis re-upping where they are. Because if they yeah. don't... If they don't, so... Mate, it's like you've just listened to the podcast and just stolen my great guy I've been thinking segments. Giannis is the future of the NBA personified. If he doesn't re-sign there, the NBA is doomed. Literally every all-star, from the, like, every MVP from the last few years has gone to either New York or um, uh, Los Angeles. It's, it's everyone's worst nightmare from 10 years ago come true, and Giannis is the last hope. But do you, yeah, so maybe I did steal off the, this off you. I think, he is, I think he is going to re, re-sign with the Bucks. Like they're good enough with him, and he's going to be a star, and he'll get the most money there, but who knows. So the real question was, do you think that this, there's the same sort of thinking around Cat, or because Cat isn't a household name like No, Giannis? I think he's totally disposable, and no one gives a shit where he is, and it'd be a good idea. <laughs> Carl, if you're listening, yeah. Carl, you're not disposable. I love you, Carl. He's definitely disposable. No, because he... It's not working out for anyone. I think Minnesota fans, all they want is a competent front office. And if they got someone there who had a reputation for doing something well, I think they would understand trading Cat. He's not an icon of that franchise. He's not but even sure, as valued as Kevin Love. He's the sort of guy that would go to the Lakers and become like a multi-championship winning. You could build, if you have a good, like some decent pieces around him. Yeah. Incredible. And who knows? You, you wouldn't put it past if the Lakers don't win this year than being able to pull that off. Like trading everything they've got for him and then filling the rest of the team, like having three players and filling the rest of the team out with like vet minimums. It's possible. I'm into it. <laughs> anyway, um, this is the end of the podcast. Sorry Paul wasn't here. We might get him if he comes in any time now because he's, he's literally not texting me back. If he comes back, we'll try and get a magic mayhem a bit later on. JT, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. I've been... Why'd you say that weird? I don't, I don't know. I want, I want to do Magic Mayhem. I'm the resident magic head. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any magic updates? That's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're actually... They're, they're going to make the playoffs. Like, they can't... Yeah, but that's... By like, default. But that's, that's not a positive on them. That's like, an indictment of the NBA. <laughs> 
Um, we'll, have, we'll hear what Paul has to say about that. He's back from New York City and somewhere in Auckland. It's amazing. He was easier to get hold of in New York City than he is to get hold of in New Zealand. Um, thanks for listening. I've been Guy Williams. I've been JT guest star extraordinaire. Yeah, peace out. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.